Good evening, everybody. My name is Jordan, and this is episode 12 of Sodom and I. Now let's start off with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for being you and just comforting us and for giving us a way to get back to you, Lord God. I ask that you give me a word to speak to your people. Speak through me, Lord God. Give me what you want me to say. In your mighty name I pray. Amen. So, today we're going to start in James. I got a little request yesterday, or like a suggestion. And I went and I read, like, James is only five chapters. It's a pretty short book in the New Testament. And I pretty much liked what it had to say. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. I found this website and it talks about 10 10 ideas that James speaks on. So that is what we are going to do. 10 lessons from the book of James. Boom. And this is on ibelieve.com. You know, just doing a little bit of research. You guys can also look this stuff up on your own. Or like, even if you find stuff, hit me up. Ask me to talk about it. Teach me something. I love to learn. So, let's just start from the top. It does have a lot of ads. I'll say on this website, a bunch of ads pop up. But that's how you know it's like free information. Do you find it challenging to live out your faith in the wake of suffering, pain, or trials? At times, my sharp tongue displays my inability to live out my belief in kindness. (laughs) I might be annoyed at my husband and take it out on my kids, or I wake up with a headache and snap at the nearest living thing. The book of James holds our hands and walks us through the practice of living Christian faith. This is a practical book exhorting us to maturity and holiness, and James takes the abstract concept of faith to make it concrete. When faith takes form in our lives through our actions, it turns into a belief that sustains us through trials. James deals with every idea of our Christian life, who we are, what we do, what we say, what we feel, and what we have. A faith-filled life requires us to address each of these areas, and James gives us needed advice to experience the fullness of an active Christian life. Here are 10 lessons from the book of James on living out the Christian life. Boom. Number one, rejoice in trials. And this is going to be talking about James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. So before I read this paragraph... James chapter 1 verses 2 through 4 in King James Version. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Boom. James calls us to rejoice in our suffering. But it's easier to fret, which is very, very true. (laughs) However, fretting stirs the pot of anger, resentment, bitterness, and an unwillingness to forgive. 
And when those emotions control your behavior, sin is the result. Trials serve God's purpose in our lives by giving us an opportunity to turn what we believe into action. Faith comes alive when we exercise trust and joy in God's presence in our lives. Rejoicing in your trials becomes easier when you can focus on the lesson for your hope, or for the reason for your hope. <laughs> All right, number two, resist temptation. James 1, 13 through 15. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. When, his, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Desire is a strong motivator in our lives. And temptation plays it like a bow on a fiddle. It's as if it knows exactly which string to pluck at just the right moment. It's tempting to respond with hatred to the person who makes your life miserable because, after all, they deserve what they dish out. When this occurs, be aware that your temptations are playing on the desire for revenge. Remember, then, revenge doesn't glorify God. What does glorify God is overlooking an offense instead. Be aware of the tricks of temptations and don't be deceived. Number three, rest in God. James 1, 21 to 22. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Resting in God is not passive but full of action and adventure. James instructs us that living righteously involves getting rid of moral filth and evil in your life. When our spirit is awakened to God's truth and we choose to do nothing with it, our hearts are filled with unrest. We must decide to live righteously, but then we must act on that choice and follow through. Examine your life for areas where you know you may not be applying God's principles for living right before him. As you make the challenges to live righteously, your heart will know the rest. Number four, accept others. James chapter 2, 12 through 13. So speak ye and so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. For he shall have judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. James tells us that when we show favoritism, we've discriminated amongst ourselves and become judges with evil thoughts. What do you do when you meet a cranky person in the store? Do you ignore her but smile at the woman with the cute toddler because she seems more approachable? Both need an encounter with the living God who is alive in you. Remember how God has accepted you and then extend that acceptance to all. Mercy triumphs over judgment. You received mercy, now extend it to others. Mm -hmm. 
that's a pretty good lesson because sometimes when someone does us wrong, we really want to get back at them or focus on revenge and make them feel how they made you feel. But remember, where is it? Remember how God has accepted you and then extend that acceptance to all. Mercy triumphs over judgment. You received mercy, now extend it to others. Extend them mercy even when you feel like they don't deserve it. Because sometimes God extends us mercy even though we don't deserve it. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Number five, assist others. James chapter 2, verse 22. Seest thou how faith wrought his works, and by works was faith made perfect? James features Abraham and Isaac as proof that faith and actions work together to make faith complete. Would it have been faith if Abraham had waited to obey God before he provided the sacrifice? It's obedience that grows, strengthens, and enlivens our faith. It takes faith to step out into the unknown as an act of obedience. But our faith grows as God shows up in our obedience. Do you believe God enough to obey him in faith? He will equip, provide, and come through for you. Serve others as an act of obedience to God and then watch your faith be strengthened. Mm -hmm. That was a good one. Number six, control your tongue. James chapter three, verses nine through 12. Therewith, bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude, the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Control your tongue. At first glance, James presents us with an impossible picture: the untamable tongue. He likens controlling the tongue to a forest set ablaze by a single spark. It's like the time I participated in a paper lantern lighting event. Real flames, dry ground, and paper. (laughs) One wrong move or gust of wind and the outcome would have been transitioned from beautiful to devastating. Our words have the power to bring life or destruction. If, with your speech, you praise God and curse man, how can you truly say that your faith changes your life? Let God redeem your speech by thinking before you speak. That's good. We all could use a little bit of that, thinking before you speak. Number seven, pursue godly wisdom. James chapter 3. Verse 17 through 18, verses 17 through 18. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. 
And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Pursue godly wisdom. If your tongue is the untamable member of your body, then what must you do? The bridle for our tongues starts in our hearts. Starts in our hearts, moves to our minds, and comes out of our mouths. There we go. A changed heart is a heart refined by God's wisdom, which is what gives us the right words to say at the right time. But how do we know the difference between godly wisdom and worldly wisdom? James provides us with the criteria to decipher between the two. Choose God's wisdom and let what resides in your heart be pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, merciful, good, impartial, and sincere. As you pursue godly wisdom, your heart changes. And I can testify that that is absolutely true. (laughs) That is absolutely true. Once you start following God and you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, some of the stuff that you once found like entertaining you're like this is a little this is distasteful now. I don't I don't like this anymore. Or like some of the things you were attracted to you're no longer attracted to and you're like, "Huh. All right." And then you just start finding better things to do with your time and he changes you for the better. This is true indeed. That's the whole reason why I started this podcast. And number eight, submit to God. James chapter four, verses seven through 10. All right. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. And purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Our God is a God of love and victory. And the way to experience that love and victory is through submitting to him. We submit to God's love when we recognize that the only reason we live and move and be is because of his love. If we want to live from a place of victory, then we must submit to our commander-in-chief, which means that we might actually have to remove certain behaviors or patterns of thoughts from our lives. Submission leads us into a deeper grace with God because it requires us to humble ourselves before him. God gives grace to the humble and opposes the proud. Mm -hmm. Number nine, exercise patience in suffering. James chapter five, verse 11. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, uh, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Mm -hmm. Maturing in faith requires patience and perseverance when we suffer. But who wants to be patient in their suffering? We run to the closest thing that gives us relief, 
We numb our emotions with food, drink, shopping, entertainment, and the pursuit of pleasure. But when the numbness wears away, we feel the suffering again, so we run back to our vices. We could learn so much from Naomi. She owned her, uh, yeah, she owned her suffering. She entered into it and didn't try to numb it away. We called her blessed because she persevered, but she called herself blessed because God redeemed her suffering. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in trusting God. God is moving even when we can't see him. Mm-hmm. I know it can get hard sometimes, guys. I feel that. I'm right there with you. We're fighting. <laughs> We're fighting together. We're pushing together. Persevere. <laughs> we got this. And number 10, last one. Pray in faith. James chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults to one another and pray one for another, mm -hmm. that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That's a bar. The, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Mm-hmm. That needs to be on a t-shirt. James references Elijah, an ordinary man who God used to accomplish the extraordinary. In 1 Kings chapter 17, Elijah prayed and God answered, stopping any rainfall for three years. Pray when you're sad, happy, mad, joyful, hurt, or pleased. Confess your weaknesses to a trusted Bible-believing friend and ask for prayer. Confession stops shame's power, and the prayer of faith brings healing. You might be ordinary, but you serve an extraordinary God who longs to rise up within you to do extraordinary things through you. Mm-hmm. All right, and then the last little paragraphs, practicing your faith. James is a handbook to live our Christian faith. He uses multiple examples to show us how to move from reading about our faith to acting on our faith. Photography is my hobby, and I have spent hours reading about it, but I didn't start improving until I picked up my camera to use it. Pretty true. I needed the book knowledge and the practice to be a good photographer. Our Christian faith is like that, too. We can read the Bible every day, but if we don't put it into practice, our lives won't change. Choose one thing to do today in response to this article. Read the book of James or follow a link to a verse and then do something about what you read. Move your faith from abstract to concrete by acting on it. Mm -hmm. Faith without works is dead. And they definitely say that that's definitely in here. Or, yeah, James chapter 2, 
verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got to get up and do it, guys. What's that? Uh, Pastor EJ said, now is the time. Now is the time. Faith without works is dead. You know, if you have a dream that you want to get started up and you don't really know where to go, pray. Pray and fast and ask God to point you in the direction where he wants you to go. You know, and he'll do it and he'll do it quickly. <laughs> he'll do it quickly, too. You'll be like, oh, wow, I thought I just asked you like a couple of hours ago. And then boom, it'll look like how is everything set up so so perfectly? How do you do that? He's so awesome. He's such a great person. But yeah, uh, James is a pretty short book. It's only five chapters. In the Bible I have, it's it's literally only like two and like one third paper, like a front and a back and then the top one third. So you guys should definitely read James. This would be a really nice way to start off the um the new year. Oh yeah. And we're gonna read Ah day two of the devotional because <laughs> I was about to forget yesterday was New Year's and today it is still uh, January 2nd so we are going to read day two welcome to the family have you ever wondered what it's like to be adopted guess what you are from the pages of a storybook comes a tale of a young of a young child whose life is changed forever when they make an exciting discovery. They're not just the average person they thought they were. They're really the child of a rich and powerful king. Surprise! That child is you. You've been adopted by the king of heaven. And as his seed, you now possess the key to an entire kingdom. The keys to an entire kingdom. Imagine. Everything you need is at your fingertips. All because you chose to be God's child. The adoption process was completed the very moment that you asked the Savior to come into your heart. He adores you. And his greatest pleasure is watching you grow and learn. So don't think of yourself as just an average child. Remember that you belong to a royal family. Act like the royalty you have now become. And glorify the one who welcomed you with open arms into his kingdom. Whisper of wisdom. Ye have received the spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Romans chapter 8, verse 15, King James Version. All right, now I kind of want to go to Romans chapter 8, and then we'll be done. And Pinky promise I'm not going to be, not going to hold you guys up too long tonight. Romans. And we're pretty close. Because we're already, there we go. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage. Alright, I'm in the right one. Yes. 
ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Romans 8, 15. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. So, or if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And I'm going to go ahead and highlight that. That was good. And that was 15 to 18. I'm going to highlight 18 in blue and then 15 through 17 in orange. That was good. So, yeah, definitely. If you guys ever have some suggestions or something you've read and it touched your spirit and you, like, want to hear more about it, definitely hit me up and let me know. That's exactly what I want to do. I'm here for for other people. That's why I started this thing. So I thank you guys. Let me go ahead and finish doing this. First, I'd like my Bible to be all night and nice and neat. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. This was a good word today. I enjoyed it. So there we go. Thank you, guys. I just want to say good night, and I love you, and I will see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.